0: Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken as much as the healing and thriving because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Well, hello again, everyone. Let me try that again. Come on. You, got, you were excited a while ago. That was. Hello, everyone. Okay, that's good. Just um, to let you know, I, I try to go and dry off after all the baptisms because I feel like I got baptized too because they were splashing water on me left and right. So, but it was great. It's always, it's always good to see people follow Christ and take the next step of water baptism. Amen to that one right there. Yeah, so what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to take our next step in the book of Acts. If you're new to us, um, we've been covering Acts. We broke it into four sections. We're in the third part of it right now. We're going to go through the end of February on this piece. And then we're going to, in March, all the way to Easter, what we're going to do on Sunday mornings is we will take the last week of Jesus' life from Palm Sunday. We're going to go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then Easter Sunday. Each Sunday we'll cover that day, a day of the week as it progresses to Easter. That'll be our next series. So just so you know, that is coming. We've got some other things in that series that we want to challenge myself and everyone here with uh, Culminating with uh, resurrection Sunday morning Now, one of the things we like to do, I like to do is I like us to learn a verse as, um, as we're progressing And right now we're learning this verse, 1 Peter 3.15 If you put it up there, I'm going to have you read it Then I'm going to share one thing out of it Each week I'll share one thing out of it And here we go, One, two, three. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Now, this is a verse that Peter, one of the original 12 disciples of Jesus, he challenges us in sharing our faith. We've already stated that when it comes to sharing, we need to sanctify Christ as Lord in our hearts. That means you got to make him number one. That that's it. He is God in the flesh. Because if you don't, then you're going to be open to anyone else's interpretation, and you wouldn't want to do that. In that verse, he said, "Always be ready." Now, the word "ready" there simply means to prepare. So we should always be preparing to be able to. Stand our ground, share our faith, give answers uh, for why we believe what we believe. It's a constant thing we're doing is preparation, preparation to be able to share with somebody when they ask us a question, because they're going to ask us questions. Amen to that one? And we need to be ready for that. Now with that said, today we're going to be going into Acts chapter 17, if you have your Bibles. And we're going to talk about justice. Justice. Because this this chapter really zeroes in on justice and you'll see as we go along. But let me share a a couple of intro comments. There has been an enormous amount of talk about justice in the last three years. I mean, it's to the point sometimes of nauseam. It's everywhere, it's all the time, and it's in your face. And um, the reality is, Every one of us in this room has wanted justice at some point in our life. Any amen's on that? Amen. Every one of every one of us in this room, I don't care who you are, we've all been sinned against. Have we not? And we all want justice. That's every human. That's not in segments. That's every human. We got Now, the reality is is everyone on this side of the grave, are we all going to get justice? The answer is no. That's just not going to happen. And think of the millions of people over the thousands of years of human existence that never got justice in their life. Life was kind of pretty bad the way they treated it, and they just never ever got any justice. So I want to talk about justice today. Now, you guys know, you've heard that I'm a movie guy, right? Okay. Now, one of my... This is a really top movie that I like a lot. Have you ever seen The Count of Monte Cristo? Who has seen that with Jim Caviezel? Raise your hand. That's it? Stop. Put the movie on right now. (laughs) Okay. This movie, The Count of Monte Cristo. I'm going to ruin it for you, but I gave you 20 years. So, um, in this movie, Edmund Dantes, he's a simpleton. Very naive guy. And he gets... Betrayed uh, by people that he trusts, in the betrayal they throw him into a prison. It's a bad one. It's the Chateau d'If. He has a fiance as he's thrown in prison. She doesn't know what happens to him. He's in there for eleven years of his life, and it's, it's bad. When he goes into prison, he meets the person, the character we know as the priest in the prison. And Edmund Dantes and the priest, they begin to tunnel out to try to get out of the prison. And they can only do a little bit at a time. While years are going by, the priest is teaching Edmund Dantes about, all about everything in life because the priest is a very seasoned, mature man. He teaches him how to read, math, history, economics, and he teaches him how to defend himself with a sword, teaches him everything. In all that time, they finally come to the realization of Devon Dante's, as he's gaining knowledge and understanding, he finally realizes why he's in that prison who betrayed him. Who are the ones? And boy, is he upset. And from that moment on, he is set on one thing once he gets out of the prison. He wants to exact justice or vengeance on the people who betrayed him. And if you've seen the movie, how many have seen that movie again? Don't you get kind of a Somewhat, be honest, I do, warm feeling when he starts taking vengeance on people. Anybody besides me feel kind of good about that? It's like, yeah, that's what they deserve, huh? They should get that. But here's the thing about it. He finally, he finally escapes, I, I jumped the gun, he escapes through a series of events, I won't tell you any more, and he gets out and he starts exacting his vengeance on everybody that did him in. He has finally stopped, his justice is finally stopped when his fiance, they run into each other again, of course, it's movies, and she realizes it's him and he, she knows it's him. He's trying to act like it's not. But the whole concept of love, God's love comes back into play and that's what stops him. God's love stops him from taking justice, vengeance on the people that did him in, that put him in that prison and robbed them of life for 11 years of his life and so he gets justice but guys we're not all going to get justice it's not going to happen for everyone I wish it weren't so but and when I say that I mean we're not all going to get justice in this life on this side of the grave but as a follower of Christ there is justice there are things that will happen and if the society understood that I think we'd have a much better society but they never will But today, we're going to talk about this justice. We're going to look at Paul. Here's what we're going to do today. You guys all know I'm going to say this every week. I'm going to do commentary. Acts chapter 17, start at verse 16. Then I'm going to give you three points. The first two points of Paul's message, the first two points really do not go down the justice line, but when we get to point three, we're going to slam justice home, and I'll balance everything out, hopefully, and see why God does certain things and why we can get justice at when it's all said and done. You guys ready for it? Any amens? Okay, here we go. Acts chapter 17. I'll do. We'll go into the story so you understand what's going on to better understand why Paul's going to say what he's going to say to these people. Verse 16. Chapter 17. Now, while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was being provoked within him as he was observing the city full of idols. Paul is the hater of Christians... The murderer of Christians becomes a Christian, and now he's planting churches all over the Mediterranean, and he comes to a city on his third missionary journey, spreading the news of Jesus Christ. He comes to Athens, Greece. He's waiting for a couple of his friends to show up there, and while he's waiting, he gets stirred within because Athens, Greece at the time is filled, and I mean it is filled With all kinds of stone false idols All over the place One historian even said That in Athens it's easier To find a God Than it is to find a man In other words There's so many false gods there Now they would make their gods As all people do When they create gods They make them out of A human characteristic Or out of a power in nature But our God The God Is the God of the whole slam Amen He's the God of it all So verse 17 so he was reasoning in the synagogue with the Jews. So he's, once again, going to synagogues, trying to reach the Jews with the gospel, and the God-fearing Gentiles in the marketplace every day. So he's going out in the marketplace to reach the non-Jews uh, every day with those who happen to be present. Verse 18. And also, some of the... And these are the two opposing philosophies that you have to understand to understand why Paul's going to say what he's going to say later. And also some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers were conversing with him. Some were saying, I love this line, what would this idle babbler wish to say? I just love that, they're putting him down. Others, oh, he seems to be a proclaimer of strange deities because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. They think that's rather strange and probably some people would think that too. Now, when they call him, they say, what would this idle babbler say? The words idle babbler, the literal idea of that word, those words are, he's a seed picker. In other words, if you threw seeds on the ground, the birds would come and pick them, correct? But you threw the seeds, the birds would come and take them. And so, in other words, they're saying, he just gets his ideas from somebody else and that's all he's doing. They're calling him a plagiarist, is what they're calling him. He's just a seed picker, he's a plagiarist, he's an idle babbler. So now, as he's talking, you have Epicureans, How many have ever heard that term before? Epicurean? Anyone? How many have heard? uh, The other ones are the Stoics. Anybody heard of Stoics? Okay. You need to read a little bit more, but okay, got it, okay. Now, the Epicureans, to understand their philosophy of life, pleasure was supreme, but only pleasure to the point of peace and tranquility. They would never go into drinking or hangovers. That's not their type of pleasure. That's not what they're talking about. They just wanted tranquility in their life. Here's what they believed about how you and I and all humans were created. They believed that there were just atoms swerving around, swerving around. And the atoms start to bump into each other and start to pile up and poof, there's a human. Poof, there's a tiger. Poof, there's an elephant. And that's what they believe how humans are created, these Epicureans. Now, with that said... Here's how they believe all, all things are going to end. They said that all human life would just disintegrate. The universe just gonna go up in flames. Now you've got to remember that. All human life just gonna disintegrate, universe gonna go up in flames. That's how they believe it's all going to end. So that means death ends everything, and there is no judgment whatsoever for any bad that ever happened on this earth. That's not quite right, is it? Now you have the Stoics on the other side. The Stoics. These people, well, they despised pleasure. Their whole idea was they wanted to be in harmony with reason. So they produced a lot of upstanding citizens, people who were very more moral in character, things like that. But here's what they believed. They believed that um, no matter what happened on this, on earth... Whether good or evil, it all contributes to the good of the whole for everyone. In other words, it doesn't matter if it's Mother Teresa or Adolf Hitler, it all contributes to the good. Now, that doesn't quite sound right, to I think, to most of us in this room. What it means is, there's no justice. There's nothing after death that's going to be justice, because evil contributes to good. There's no justice. You're not going to get justice in eternity. The Epicureans, it's all going to disintegrate, so there's no justice afterwards, so... Whatever happens here, people get away with it, they get away with it, and it's your tough luck. Now that's not really right, but that's what they believe. And Paul is going up against this type of thinking in that day. Now verse 19. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, this is Mars Hill, um, saying, May we know what this new teaching is which you are proclaiming. For you are bringing some strange things to our ears, so we want to know what these things mean. Now all the Athenians And the strangers visiting there used to spend their time in nothing other than telling or hearing something new. These guys are sitting around just, hey, hear anything new, and that's what they do all day. Verse 22. So Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all respects. Now notice what he does as a follower of Christ. I've got to notice that. He doesn't put them down for all their false idols. He compliments them that, you know, you guys are religious. You, you do believe in God. And notice that he doesn't start with, you know, the Exodus, and he doesn't start there because these are Greeks. They're not Jews. They would care, they care less about the Exodus. So he's finding common ground with them in order to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a smart move. Verse 23. For while, he, for while I was passing through and examining objects of your worship... I also found an altar with this inscription he finds one altar through all their idols and altars and here's what it says to an unknown God then he adds therefore what you worship in ignorance this I proclaim to you he picks out that one area right there he says look you have a spot here that says to the unknown God he goes you want to know who that is if you're a Greek philosopher at that time wouldn't you want to know Yeah, I want to know. He goes, I'm going to tell you who that is. I'm going to tell you because you don't know. Ignorance doesn't mean they're dumb, it just means they don't know. So now he's going to tell them who this God is. He's brought them all the way here, set up, and here comes his teaching. And here's where we get our three points from. So here we go, if you're taking notes. And that is this number one in your notes the God you missed is the God who made everything. The God you missed is the God who made everything. That's the first thing he's going to tell Look at verse 24 and 25. And here's what it says. It's up on the screen. I want you all to read it with me, these two verses. One, two, three. Here we go. The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Very strong statement. Verse 25 nor, come on, is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all people life and breath and and all things. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, look, I know you got all your idols, but God is not one of those. Our God, he, didn't, he doesn't have the characteristics made because of your humanness or your power of nature. Our God is the God of over all of it and since he made all things and he's the creator and no one sustains him because he's self-existent and he made all things question who else did he make? who did he make? he made us and that's what he's telling these people right here he's saying the God you missed is the God who made the whole world the universe and everything in it that means he made you now that's a bold statement of Paul to make but let's take that idea right there and let's break it down on some application for our lives I do a lot of reading on what science says atheist science Christian science and just theist scientists which are not Christian they just believe there had to be a creator and science says atheist science says they're materialistic material naturalism they believe that's all there is this is it that the reason that why you picked, let's say you're married, why you fell in love with that woman or that guy is not because you made any choices. It's just your DNA dancing to yourself and that's why you picked them. There's no rhyme or reason to it. That's pretty pathetic, isn't it? I don't really know why I love you. It's just my DNA dancing, you know. <laughs> now, with keep that on the side. Now, here's the thing. Science today, atheist science says it can... It has the answer to everything. Does it? There's no way. It can't even tell you what gravity is. Yes, gravity is this. no, not what it does, what isn't. That's one of the things it can't. There's many things it can't answer. But here's some things it can't tell you. It Cannot tell you where you're from. It cannot tell you where you're going. And it cannot tell you why you are here. Have you ever thought, why am I here at this time? Why do I exist? Have you ever thought those things? Because that's a very important question to think about. Now, let me, let me give you some, thought, some thoughts on this. I shared this before with you. I'm going to share it again because it works perfect for this. I, I, I'm a granddad. You guys know that by now, right? Okay, good. Okay. The oldest is Willa. She's three and a half, thereabouts. And uh, once she got to a point, like about two and a half, where I thought she could understand what I'm going to tell her, I told her this because it's true. I said, Willa, Granddaddy, that's me. I waited all my life for you to show up. And then you came to me. All my life I waited for you. And then you showed up. Granddaddy loves you. And of course that day she's all grand, she hugs me and loves me. Now at three and a half, that's old news now to her. (laughs) But what did I just tell her? I told her I love her and I want her. I want her. That gives her security. That gives her identity. Does it not? Doesn't every child need that? No, don't they? There's there's some of you in this room still need that, huh? Because it wasn't given to you. And your insecurities get the best of you because you've never gotten that who you are thing and who you belong to. Watch this. Revelation 4.11. This is, this is heaven speaking and they're talking about our creator God. Watch this. Here's the voice. Here's what it's saying in heaven. Worthy are you, our Lord our God, and our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created what? All things because of your, your what? Your will they existed and were create did God create all things yes. by his will which means that he make a decision to create these things yes or no yes. therefore all things includes who us. us every human and therefore God made a decision to create you and I so we would be alive right now any amens on that you need to teach that to your kids you need to teach that to your grandkids your nieces your nephews you need to teach that to yourself to know that God wanted you, that you're God's highest creation. Evolution says that we crawled out of an ocean, slime somehow, and evolved up like DNA can produce, like matter can produce, dead matter produces produce DNA. Can't do it. Never has been able to do it. So in other words, they say we were created from the bottom up. The Bible says otherwise. In Psalm chapter 8, 3, and 4, it says that you and I, all humans, we're created a little lower than God. Which means we don't we were not we didn't come bottom up. We came top down. That's who we are. We are God's highest creation in all of eternity in the entire universe. That's why he waits for the 6th day in creation because he waits for the best of the best and he creates us on that day, every one of us. Paul is saying the God you missed is the God who made everything and he made you and he sustains you and he loves you and he wants you and that's who you are. Pretty good, huh? Now, point two is this. Let's drill down more because Paul's going to really, he's going to take us another deeper statement here. We all have a common ancestor. Did you know that? Okay. It's not, it's not Neanderthal man or Peking man or Cro-Magnon or Piltdown man or Lucy or any of those, okay? Now, Watch verse 26. And he made from one. From how many? One. Say that again. How many? One. From one. From one man to live on the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. Now, <clears throat> Epicureans, they all said, swerving atoms. That's what we, no, no. It says here, no, God kickstarted this whole thing. We know from Genesis, because, you know, he's like God, all-powerful. That he creates all this stuff Then he takes the dust he created And then he forms man Because he's like God And then he breathes into him Makes him a life-giving soul So from the one man Then the wife Eve God creates from the side From these two people Come all people on planet Earth Any amens? That was so weak Let me try it again (laughs) From these two people Come all people on planet Earth Any amens? Okay, listen Because this drives me nuts on TV and whatever journalists and politicians all they there's, they utter things that divide us has anyone noticed that yet? how you picking up on it yet? it's crazy what they do and people buy into the cliches they say that we're all these different races based on shades of skin color you ever notice that? what did that verse say? that there's not different races there's what? there's one Say one. But they divide us, all of humanity. They, they say we're all these different races. Can I give you a sidebar? Good, because you don't have a choice. <laughs> and, and this is just logic, okay? I like logic. And I'm going to give you one reason why I could never buy into evolution at all, besides the DNA thing. It's like, if we've evolved over millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of years, like we've evolved from you know single celled whatever ooze coming out of there, and then from apes and this and that up, the, the latter, and if a, 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 a lizard turned into a bird evolved to a bird and a cow evolved to a whale, and there's all kinds of stuff like that that they say. If this all happened, all those in-between stages of evolution over millions of years, how many bones of in-between phases should we be finding out there? You should be digging them up in your yard. When you plant a tree, you go, oh my gosh, look, here it is. Part lizard, part bird. (laughs) Shouldn't you? I mean, that's a lot. Guys, I'm not trying to put you down. It's just logic. There should be millions and millions and millions of these bones. How many have they found? Zero. Zero. Nothing. And yet they say it's fact, what it is no no it's not now back to this issue we come from these two people every one of us now here's the thing because we're all they divide us by shades of skin color here's the thing did you know that no one is white and no one is black did you know that no scientifically did you know that you ever run anybody that color I've never run anybody that color either that's not true that's not even science see we all have melanin in our skin melanin is brown it's not white, it's not black and the reason why lighter and darker shades of skin is simply that each person retains a different amount of melanin and that gives you your shade of skin color and that's all it is did you know that? how many of you did not know that? I'm just curious you didn't know, raise your hand, let me see Okay, raise your foot. No, I'm just joking, okay. Now, <clears throat> okay, so, so, so th- think of it like this, okay? So now that you know that, let's go back in the Bible because the Bible is like real smart. And the more archaeological digs they do, proves the Bible again, proves the Bible again. Now, watch Noah and his sons. And by the way, if you thought, put the verse up there, by the way, if, when I said Noah, if you say, oh man, how could Noah, anybody ever ask you this question, Say, how could Noah fit all those animals on the ark? Ask them this question. How many do you have to put on there? And then just sit back and wait. <laughs> see what they say, because they have no clue. And then ask them, how big was the ark? And sit back and wait. Because you see, the burden of proof is on them once they make the statement, is it not? Why do I have to say anything? I'll just ask them a question back since they know everything on that topic so Noah okay watch Noah's sons Noah's 500 years old oh you how can you believe someone lived that long very simply very simply people were supposed to live how long originally forever and now generation after generation, after Adam and Eve sin comes in the world and then the vapor canopy has gone during Noah's flood and the sun's rays come through and little by little it affects the genetic code and you don't live as long does it make sense it's perfect sense And Noah became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. He's got three sons. Noah does. They come off the ark. They're the only family. (laughs) Ham, the one son, his name Ham, it means dark. It means dark. Japheth, the other son, his name means light or fair. Shem, his name means the name. But think of Shem, the Semitic tribes, you ever heard of anti-Semite? those are the jewish those are the people of the semite tribes so they're medium browns and now you got the jesus dark medium brown fair light-skinned and they're going to go into different parts of the world and then you've got the tower of babel that's where you get all the languages on earth and so once god confuses the languages if you can't speak the language of someone else and there's no interpreter back then you're going to spread out because that's what god wanted and they begin to spread out and once and there's no planes trains and automobiles and a certain people group that speaks that language goes a certain area for a thousand fifteen hundred years the gene pool stays in that group and guess what they take on certain characteristics become very dominant the characteristics amen to that one does that make sense yes or no okay good now now me I'm Mexican okay you know what I am let me explain to you so as they traveled eastward Uh, the Sinai one of the words of Sinai but these became the Asians and they go over the Aleutian Strait during the the only ice age after Noah's flood and they travel down North America into Middle Latin America South America they came there no one was originally here sorry to break it to you but they came here sorry and then they come down and then Cortez and the gang they come from Spain right the Europeans come and once Cortez comes and these people come and they hit each other in what we now know as Mexico they intermingle and what do they have? The Mexican I'm a combo meal right? How many combo meals do we have here? By now you're all a combo meal okay <laughs> Okay, so, but that's how we all came to be. That's why you have these slight little variations that that are nothing, they're very, they're minute, but we're all part of one race from Adam and Eve. That's why I'd love to tell you this, you've heard it say many times, if you're married, you married a relative. (laughs) Distant, but a relative. Turn to your spouse and say, cuz, no, don't do that, okay. (laughs) Don't, don't, Don't do that. But it's a distant relative It really is Because we all came from Adam and Eve Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, good Now let's get to the issue of hand thing. Number three God is fixed today To judge the world in righteousness Here it comes back to judgment again And justice 27 to 31 says That they would seek God If perhaps they might grope for him And find him Though he is not far from each one of us So in other words We need to seek God And God is right there if we look for him, we'll find him. For in him we live and move and exist, and even some of our own, your own poets have said, for we also are his children. So God sustains us. Verse 20, being men the children of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and thought of man. In other words, all your idols, that's not God. That just can't be it, because he's the creator of everything therefore having overlooked the times of ignorance God is now declaring to men and by the way times of ignorance didn't Jesus say Father forgive them for they they know not what they do it's times of ignorance see how that connects okay good now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent now God's calling us everyone to repent of sin turn from sin because he has fixed a day here it is because He has fixed a day in which He will judge the world in what? Righteousness through a man. Who's the man? Jesus Christ, the God-man, rose from the dead, whom He has appointed having furnished proof, evidence, there's proof of Jesus, the crucifixion, and the resurrection. Ours is not just a foolish faith. They just believe it. Ours is an evidence-based faith. Furnished proof to all men by raising Him from the dead. Here's what Paul says. It's time to repent. God has fixed a day. It's set. There's going to be judgment and justice. And the reason why he could fix a day is because the righteous one, Jesus, is the alone who can who can judge on that kind of day because he's fully righteous. So justice is coming. Could the Epicureans and the Stoics offer that? Yes or no? No, this is all going to end. Whatever bad hand you got, that's just it. Tough luck to you. I'll share this. I shared it six years ago to give you kind of a concept. It was six years ago. I performed a wedding. My wife went to the wedding, but we drive in separate cars because I have to get there early. We're coming home. It's in another city, about 30 miles away. My wife was at an intersection. There's a car in front of her it's a red light she just stopped right there the car in front of her slowly backs up taps our car and my wife thought did I move forward this? and after a time she realized I never moved forward at all but they go through the intersection very slowly they pull in a parking lot my wife wants to be a good citizen let's go make sure the car's okay once she gets in there they jump out of the car they've already called the police and they're screaming that they're all injured they're all injured there's not even a scratch on our car. Not a scratch, nothing. But they're injured. My wife says, is there anything I can help with? They go, haven't you done enough already? And they're lucky I wasn't there. You know, because... You know. It's like... Okay. Why is my shirt on button? That's really weird. Wow. I just felt that right there. Maybe the, maybe the move or whatever. I don't know. So... They, um, of course, they sue the, our insurance. And, and by the way, for those of you who are older now and you've accumulated and it took you a lifetime to accumulate, please get yourself an, an, um, uh, an umbrella, insurance umbrella package that covers everything and it covers it for a lot of money because you're too old to lose everything in a lawsuit. Amen? Make sure you look into stuff like that. We did this before that. Thank God we did it because I'm too old to start over and you can't start over at a certain age so they sued the insurance and I talked to the insurance I said they, they're liars they're con, con artists and three people of the four in the car they got quite a bit of money and my insurance went up did they get away with it? yeah on this side of the grave on this side of the grave if I was an atheist it would be like Huh, that's the way it is but I know there's a real God and there's a day fixed of judgment isn't there and I don't have to worry about that right now I don't have to get all bent out of shape I don't have to get angry I don't have because I just know there's going to be this, this, um, this day this day you see friends here's the thing if there is no ultimate judgment then there's no ultimate justice is there if there's no ultimate judgment there's no ultimate justice now I need to balance my statements out so you don't take it the wrong way. <clears throat> Let's take it personal now. All the people that scream justice out there or any of us that scream justice, you know, what if God judged us the way we judge others? That'd be bad, huh? So be real careful with that kind of stuff. That's the first thought. But watch this. Look at Micah 6, eight. Micah says this This is an Old Testament prophet He says He has told you O man What is good And what does the Lord Require of you So let's see what God Requires of us But to do But to do Justice Now Do we need justice In society Yeah we do We have to have it Or else society erodes We're supposed to carry out Justice Proper channels But notice what else he says To love Kindness and to walk humbly with your God now if you put it all together then you're supposed to carry, carry out justice with loving kindness and humility if you eliminate loving kindness and humility then all you're going to have is justice now that's what people do today they just eliminate the rest of it and they want justice now here's the thing you've got to remember Let's say you carry it. You get ju- let's say you get. You're just and you're angry and bitter and I want justice and all these things. And if if you and if you got justice, and but you're angry and bitter and you you get justice after you get justice, what are you left with? What's what are you left with? Anger and bitterness. You think you're gonna all of a sudden have peace when you are just so angry and bitter before? Oh, I'm peaceful now. No, you're not and then you're gonna walk around as you see today you're gonna walk around and look for the next thing to offend you so you can be angry and bitter again and then you're gonna pass it on to the kids let's pass it on to the kids let's be angry and bitter in the family let's raise up an angry and bitter generation so they can raise up another angry and bitter generation so we can erode the entire country eventually and that's what we'll do and that's what we do by the way if you're walking around always offended please stop quit wasting your emotional energies on that stuff now let me try to bring this home if you don't get justice here on this side of the grave there's justice in eternity it's coming God has fixed a day of judgment if, there, if we're atheists then it's hopeless but there is a living God and he's gonna judge on that day a day that's fixed that's what Paul says it's coming now here's the objection somebody in this room might say. Watch. Because we say judgment's coming because Jesus is going to carry judgment. 2 Peter 3, 3-7. through seven. Watch this. Know this first of all that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking following after their own lust. Yeah, we see that. Here's what they say. They say, where is the promise of His coming? for ever since the fathers fell asleep all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation in other words they're saying come on you Christians say Jesus coming nothing's changed where is he? for when they maintain this it escapes their notice that by the word of God the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and by water verse 6 through which the world at that time what time? antediluvian before the flood of known the world at that time was destroyed being flooded with water. What's he saying? He's saying, when people say, oh, you Christians keep saying, Jesus come coming, judgment coming, give me a break, it has, it's not happening. They forget that God once brought judgment by water. Any amens? They forget that. And then, verse 7, but by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. He destroyed it first by water. The second judgment comes by what? Fire. It's coming. Now. Now. Sounds gloomy. But it isn't. Because here's the answer even to that. Here's a balance to that. Put it up there. Same chapter. Peter continues by saying, The Lord is not slow about His promise as some count slowness but is patient toward you all of us in this room not wishing for any all of us any of us to perish but for all to come to repentance okay let me put it together um. there's a day of judgment fixed but it hasn't come yet. people say oh he's not coming you keep saying okay here's why he hasn't come yet How many of you in this room have been a Christian 20 years or less? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you have been a Christian 10 years or less? Raise your hand. Raise your mind. I want to raise them up can seconds. Don't be afraid. How many of you have been a Christian five years or less? Okay. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't come over twenty years ago? Anybody glad about that one? I am. But he's patient. And he's patient for you and I. He doesn't want any of us to perish. He doesn't want anyone in hell. The day is fixed, but he's patient. He doesn't want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. That's why. So never mock and say, well, where is he? He's not coming. He's patient waiting For you. For you to come to Him and to follow Him. That makes perfect sense, doesn't it? makes perfect sense. You know why He wants you? Because He created you. That's why you're here. He loves you. Remember that what Paul was saying? That's why. Now, if you've never placed your faith in Jesus, because he said, and Paul said, he goes, that you might seek after Him because He's right there. He's waiting for you. If you never placed your faith in Jesus, then maybe today's the day. Maybe right now is the moment for you to place your faith in Jesus, the only living, true God who created everything. He Created the entire universe, the whole slam. And it's time to walk with Him. It's time to ask Him to forgive you of your sins. And He'll forgive you of them and become a child of God. Maybe you walked away. It's time to come back to Him. It's time to seal the deal. Let's follow Him now. Now, I want you all to close your eyes. I don't want any moving around, nothing anywhere. Just close your eyes. If you'd like to place your faith in Jesus this morning, right now, and become a follower of Christ, ask Him to forgive you of your sins. Great. Or if you backslid and you want to come back to Christ, great. But if you're in either one of those two positions, I'm going to ask you to do one thing as the sign between you, me, and God. And that is, I want you to open up your eyes right where you're at. Look up at me. I'm going to look back at you in a second. And when our eyes meet, you can close them, but do it right now as I look around the room. Now, everyone who looked up at me, I'm going to say this prayer. I want you to repeat it out loud after me. And as you repeat it, you put your faith in Jesus. You're joining Him. I want the rest of us Christians in this room to repeat the prayer with everyone, so they're never alone. But this is your moment now. where you transition into becoming a follower of Christ, where you surrender your life to Him? It's just that's basically what you're doing. And this word of God, the Bible, becomes your compass, what guides you, not your feelings, not your old thoughts not your moment, but this, because it's the truth. And Jesus will be very alive to you as the Holy Spirit will come to dwell in you. But it begins by confessing Him as Lord and Savior. So here we go. Those who looked up at me, everybody stay with them. Repeat after me. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me, creating me by your will, for wanting me, Today I choose to follow you, forgive me of my sins, and I know I'm forgiven. Come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. I thank you that I'm born again of the Spirit of God. Now allow me to pray. God, God, I pray for everybody that looked up I pray for you friends this can't just be a moment where you said something and walked away and you didn't follow up on it that means nothing it absolutely means nothing Jesus is looking for you now to follow up on this for the rest of your life jump into church get a Bible start reading the New Testament we have free Bibles in the lobby You don't have to read a lot. Just read a little bit here and there. Just get yourself going. Repent of old ways. Tell your friends you're a Christian now. Because now you have the Spirit of God in you and now you can change old ways. Because there's a new life living in you and that's the power of God. And we thank you, Lord God, for everyone who looked up today. We thank you, Jesus, for everything in our lives. Because you're so good to us Thank you In Jesus name we pray And we all said Amen Amen and amen Would you stand up with me everybody Repeat after me everyone Here we go Lord keep me outward focused And fill me with your spirit spirit. Give me the boldness boldness. To share the gospel with others Open up opportunities To minister outside the church because I see what I'm looking for and make me into a generous person like you. God bless you. See you later. Have a great day. If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media on Facebook and Instagram at Norco, or email us at hello at NBCC.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast.